It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. No days off. What up and welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. He's Jake Lisko. I'm James Rapine. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow wherever you get your podcasts. Man, it's been a wild, wild 2022 NFL draft. And we are going to grade every pick today, starting with the overall. We're going to uh, overall grade. We're going to also dive into uh, the undrafted free agents, get you caught up with all of the guys the Bengals have agreed to terms with. Today's show brought to you by Bet Online, one stop shop for all things sports wagering. They have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you so much for making us your first listen, Bengals fans. And Jake, uh, let's dive into it. Uh, let's start with the undrafted free agents before we get into our overall grade for the 2022 NFL draft. Breaking news the Bengals are aware that offensive players exist, and we, we've seen it with these undrafteds. They've uh, added plenty of guys that uh, could compete for a roster spot on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and uh, dipping into Coastal Carolina stock, as we yeah. mentioned yesterday on our post-draft show, a, a lot of guys, a lot of Chanticleers joining the Cincinnati Bengals. Javon Highlight. Yeah, I, I, it, was, it was locked and loaded, ready to go. Chanticleers. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. Is it a pirate of some sort? Chandelier. Chandeliers. That's what Fancy I think lights. of. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> lights not too bright. Oh, man, Coastal you can tell Carolina. we haven't had a day off in too long. Shamari Jones, are running back in addition from Coastal Carolina. Javon Highlight, though, yeah. it might be Heli, has drawn some praise. And, and they added a couple guys with returnability. He's one of them. The other one is Kwame Lasseter, the second from Kansas. Talked about him briefly yesterday as well they added a few offensive linemen as well ben brown probably the most notable prospect on this entire list if you go by pre-draft consensus he had a draftable grade from brandon thord had a sixth round grade had a third fourth or fourth fifth no fourth fifth round grade from from dame brugler mm-hmm. and so ben brown interior offensive lineman from old miss played center can play some guard you mentioned this before we started recording james as you push trey hill a little bit for a roster yeah. spot. Devin Cochran, another massive offensive lineman from Georgia Tech. He's 6'7 and just north of 300 pounds. So uh, a little bit of a slender build. It's weird to say that about a 300-pound man for a 6'7 offensive lineman. And we'll yeah. see if he puts on some weight and he's going to deal with the same stuff we talked about with Cordell Vorson, the, the Bengals' uh, fourth-round pick with the height. Also, very interesting, Cal Adamitis, long snapper from Pitt, the highest rated long snapper on uh, on Dame Brugler's board. Draftable, sixth, seventh round. Also great hair. And so the Bengals filling the Clark Harris model of great hair at long snapper required. I don't understand this one, James. 
Clark Harris is immortal and obviously will be long snapping for the Bengals forever. Uh, a couple uh, more here. Brendan Radley Hiles, defensive back from Washington. Uh, Desmond Noel, an offensive lineman from Florida Athletic. Tariquius Tisdale from Ole Miss. Clarence Hicks, a linebacker from UTSA. Carson Wells, an outside linebacker, I believe, from Colorado. And finally, a tight end. Yep. I saved him for last because, I mean, I guess the Bengals don't feel or have some other plan a tight end, or they just like Drew Sample in a contract year. Justin Rigg, a tight end from Kentucky. Experienced, but not terribly productive, not terribly highly utilized in the passing game at Kentucky. Yeah, it's Hayden Hurst season. That Hayden Hurst fantasy stock went up over the past couple of days. Uh, Justin Rigg, I uh, I asked someone who is is familiar with Kentucky football and, and is familiar with the Bengals, and that person said, poor man's Drew Sample. And so, uh, you know, Undrafted free agent, and I'm not trying to be insulted. Whatever. I mean, Sample was a second-round pick, so if it's a poor man's version, you know, who knows. But, uh, yeah, it seems more like a depth guy than a guy that you're really excited about. Regardless, 12 undrafteds right now that they have under contract. If they had anybody else, uh, we'll certainly talk about that. We'll dive more into those guys uh, in the coming days and weeks. But, Jake, it is time now for our official grade for the 2022 NFL draft Bengals take Daxton Hill with the 31st overall pick trade up, take Cam Taylor Britt at corner 60th overall Zachary Carter, the three tech five tech defensive tackle from Florida has a little positional flexibility at 95 Cordell Volson. Like you mentioned, 136th overall in the fourth round Tyson Anderson safety out of Toledo 166 overall. And then Jeffrey Gunter 252 in the seventh round. Let's start with you. Thoughts on this draft overall, and let's start with the grade. What grade would you give this draft haul for the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm probably somewhere around like a B minus, C plus. I thought it was fine. I think that draft graders are generally too generous, and somebody put this together on Twitter and has like a grid of all the grades given out. For example, NFL.com, the average grade they gave out, is an A minus, maybe even higher than an A minus. The average A is grade, the new C. A is the, the average new C. grade from USA Today's TD wire is a B plus. The average grade from Pro Football Focus is just over a B. And mm-hmm. so, I think that grades are too generous yep. in in the modern era of draft grading because people get upset, and I'm sure we're going to have some listeners that are upset. But overall, I think they came away with average value for the picks that they went into the draft with. There were no picks that I was blown away with the value that they received. And so there were also there were picks that they had. I thought that they got fair value. And there were some picks that I thought they maybe reached a little bit. And so together, that comes to, you know, that B plus C minus range if we're giving it a percentage. You mean B it's minus right C plus? Yep, B minus C plus. Sorry, still battling, <laughs> still battling a little bug, and uh, I, I think that that's around where I see it. Given mm-hmm. the the impact I think it makes this year, the impact I think it makes into the future, how many of these guys I think stick and and become contributors on their rookie deals. That's that's kind of the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah, I'm gonna use a, a normal scale here. So C is average. I, I think it's. Considering where they're drafting, you know, it's that at the end of every round, and that's part of it, right? People are talking about the Ravens and how great of a draft they had, and they did have a great draft. They also had two first-round picks, right? So if the Bengals had traded Tyler Boyd for an extra first-round pick, 
it would have been easier for them to hit a home run and get two top players. And, and, and so uh, that's part of it. And then they drafted a guy who tore his Achilles because they were drafting in the middle of the second round and David Ojop, it's easier to get value. And I'm not saying they even didn't have a good draft or downplaying it. You have more picks, higher picks. It's easier to, to, to ball out there. And so we'll, we'll dive into Dax Hill specifically, but I think they got great value there. And so I'm going to give them a B overall. Slightly above average is what that is. You know, you get an 85 out of 100 on your social studies history exam. Uh, that sounds like me in high school. Uh, you, you feel pretty good about it. It's not great. You're, you're not going crazy, but but it's enough to, to get you on honor roll potentially. And I, I think that that's what this is. The Bengals clearly had a direction they wanted to go. They got guys that I think can contribute, can contribute right away. But the trades, and we referred to this a little bit, uh, on our last show. And if you missed any of our shows, you need to catch up and, and listen to all of them because there's really good insight about all these picks and, and different things and scenarios. But I don't think they love this draft. The Bengals rarely start a draft and end up with less picks. Yeah, it's they crazy. Eight. And, 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 and so they only get six players here. And I think they looked at their roster. They looked at this draft and they're like, let's find guys that are going to help us now. We talked about it. They're They're older. Mostly outside of Dax Hill, they're older prospects, 22, 23. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're going to get some contributors out of this. But part of it is it feels a little underwhelming. They're drafting at the end of the rounds. And mm -hmm. that part of it matters, especially if they do think that the the draft overall was, was a little leaner. And I think that. So I'm going to give them a solid B. And we're going to dive into all of the, the picks, pick by pick, which ones were great, which ones were not. And, and this is where it's fun because we can dissect each one and uh in explain so uh you, you ready to do that jake you, you ready to to give grades for dax hill my guy dax yeah let's let's get into it and i also just before we get there we'll we'll mm -hmm. talk about the consensus grading for the bengals from national media so we'll hit that as well and we'll get to consensus grading and then go pick five pick coming up next Bet Online is your number one source for all things sports betting. And hopefully you wagered on the 2022 NFL draft and got paid. Maybe you took the under with quarterbacks. Maybe you took the over at wide receivers. And the Bengals are set at those two positions. What a what a great thing that is. Maybe you took the over on punters. The punter run was very real in the fourth round, and punt god fell all the way to round six, which I know some of you were upset about. But Bet Online is a one-stop shop for all of your sports wagering. The NBA playoffs in full swing. I can actually pay attention to them now. It was like I was dead to the world for a few days. I dive back into it with Warriors Grizzlies. They started on Sunday. So if you want to wager on that, if you want to wager on Bucks Celtics, which should be a hell of a series, you can do it at Bet Online. I've used them. You should too. Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, James, before we dive into the, the specific players, and, and we're going to spend most of our time there, just really quickly as we're summarizing the overall draft grades, wanted to give you a feel for where they landed. And this is a collection of grades from 
PFF, NFL.com, the Draft Wire, Touchdown Wire, Pro Football Network, USA Today, ESPN, NBC Sports, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. The Bengals come out with a GPA of 2.8, which I think is a C plus, but they're really weighed down by Thor Nyström from NBC Sports, who gave them a D. And the average grade from Thor was just over a C. So he was one of the more, he was actually the harshest grader in this Mm -hmm. grid. And the Bengals came out a little bit below average for him. He thought they reached, he didn't have Daxton Hill as high on his board. And uh, James, uh, James, I can't read his last name here. Daller, Dad, I can't read his last name. He's with SB Nation, gave the Bengals a C minus. Those were the two lowest grades they received. A lot of B minuses, a lot of C pluses. Uh, a couple A minuses on some of the higher grading scales, and one from Pro Football Network, where Pro Football Network's average grade was a, a C plus, and the Bengals got an A minus. Was one of their five favorite drafts. So uh, there's one where the Bengals came out above average from the graders themselves. And so, in case you were interested in what national media thought, that's the roundup. Yeah, and and let's dive into this Dax Hill pick because I I don't necessarily understand those that wouldn't see the value there. He was clearly, and I think there's a sizable gap between him and the rest of the players on the Bengals board. And so they get him. And would they have loved a corner there? Absolutely. I think if Kyrie Elam was there, it would have been, oh, let's take him. He wasn't. Uh, you know, George Carlotis, if he was there. Uh, Devontae Wyatt. But Dax Hill's a guy that I think is just going to make Luana Rumo's life easier. He's going to make the, the Bengals' defense more multiple. And I think he's going to be an instant contributor. And that's the part. Yeah, you don't see like the the traditional role for him right away. It's not like he's just going to come in and play every snap on defense or most snaps on defense in, in place of Jesse Bates. But what I think the Bengals can do now on defense and Luana Rumo can do and has a vision of, of doing is playing even more three safety looks and getting this guy all over. And when there's four receivers, he can play one of those nickel spots. And Von Bell doesn't necessarily have to go up against – tight ends and be in coverage on crucial downs now because they have a guy who's really sticky. So I love this pick. Everyone knows that, uh, that is, has listened. It's an A for me. He's young. He's got, you know, he's, he's got the, the speed, the athleticism, all of those things. And the fact that he was there at 31, I, I think is great value. Tyler Linderbaum was gone, the, my, my top guy. And so the fact that you get a guy in Dax Hill that uh, was probably my favorite defensive player that was in the Bengals range of taking, like I, w- I might've taken him over Elam. me. I don't think the Bengals would have, but uh, no, I-, I love this pick. I think it's a home run and I- I'm sorry, Thor, that you weren't as, as big of a fan of it, but I think Dax is a baller. I think he handles himself really well, getting to meet him and talk with him, uh, you know, for 10 plus minutes one-on-one. So it was, uh, it was a hell of a pick by the Bengals. I thought they got great value. Yeah. And, and I, I think that this was a, we talked about it at the time, probably like who else would you pick given where they're picking? And I think I gave the the pick a B or something in that neighborhood when we, when we did the, the snap reaction grades. And I think I'm staying there, but again, I don't know who else they picked that's better. And so my grading scale for it is based on, you know, how does it impact the team in the future? How does it impact the team this year? And what do I think of the player? I think the player's good. I think that, there's a reason the Bengals haven't drafted 
a first round safety in so long. You know, it's not a position that's hugely valued, but Dax Hill does have a chance to come in and play that defensive playmaker role as, as we discussed a uh, coverage weapon could be his position instead of safety or cornerback when we talk about this pick in a few years. So could end up being a, a very good pick and sets you up with the safety of the future. And so that's important with a couple safeties on the last year of their deal and B is an above average grade. I want to, I want to make sure that's clear. It's not like a, or you failed B is above average. A is elite. Mm -hmm. And I know James, you're higher on Dax Hill. And and so you want to give it an A that's totally fine, but uh, I'm sticking to my initial assessment, which is this is a good pick, uh, but you know it's not one of the premium fallers that they could have pounced on, and and they didn't really have an opportunity. It's not their fault, but that doesn't change my grade. Yeah, I see, and that's that's where we differ. Like I think he's right there with Karloftis, right there with Wyatt, right, and so uh, other people would have said, oh, that fills the need or that. But I, I think he's right there. And just because Jesse Bates is on the roster, he fits with Bates, fits with Bell, gives them that flexibility. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, I uh, am I am very glad they did not pick Devontae Wyatt instead of Daxton Hill. Dax Hill, sorry. That's and I think they would have, by the way. I wouldn't have, but I think they would have. It wouldn't be shocking. But there are reasons to not like Devontae Wyatt as a first-round pick. Production, age, character flags, whatever your preferred justification is. Dax Hill doesn't have that. He was a great producer. He's young, great athlete, no character flags. So you like all those things. But like to me, George Karloftis was a clear tier higher. And so that's that's the thing for me. And I understand if you do you disagree. And I don't even disagree like with your rationale. The way you mm-hmm. explain it makes total sense. And we just are coming from different places, I think. And that's okay. Sure. Yeah. And I think they would have taken Karloftis too, for what it's yeah. worth. Maybe not. You know, I am, but, uh, you know, those were the three. And the fact that Andrew Johnson would have been standing on the table for Dax Hill. We sure. Know that. And, I, it, and I, hell, me and Andrew, we see eye to eye, my man. Shout out to you, uh, because that was a fun celebration. <laughs> That's how I'd be in the draft room, by the way. So shout out to Andrew. I'd be, yeah. Especially that, that Jamar Chase pick last. Oh, I would have. Anyways. <laughs> Um, but let's uh, move on to the 60th overall pick the Bengals. The first time they were moving on up, they get Cam Taylor Britt cornerback out of Nebraska. Um, versatile, 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 versatile. And I, I think that's the thing is they feel like he could play multiple spots. I think he's going to start as that boundary corner on the outside back up Eli Apple. And that's the thing that the, the thing I like about this is value. Like they, they could have taken a corner at 31, you know, the, the Kyler Gordons of the world, the Andrew Booth Juniors, and I think he would do that. That player would have done what Cam Taylor Britt is going to do this year, which is serve as the fourth corner. And so I'm glad the Bengals were disciplined, stuck to their board, and, and that's part of why I, I gave them an overall grade of a B here. Because if they had taken the corner in round one and, and reached a bit, I wouldn't have been as high on this draft. Um, no, I, I like Cam Taylor Britt a lot. I'm going to give this pick a B. I thought they got good value. Um, moving up, oh, what, what, what a team have moved up for him? I'm not sure. I also think that in, in prefer quality over quantity. So I understand that part of it, but giving up that sixth rounder did take away fr- from their flexibility a little bit, but overall, I like this pick. He can run, he's athletic and, uh, certainly has the, the attitude and personality. If you saw the, I tweeted out the conference call with that he had with us. It was, uh, it was awesome. So he's, uh, He's a dude that I think is going to fit right in, so I'm, I'm going to give it a B. 
I don't know how I can't give this pick an A++ with his nickname being Juice, fulfilling the prophecy of the Bengals <laughs> drafting a quarterback named Juice. Juice, uh, baby! But, but on a serious note, I, I like this pick too. The trade-up was a little bit bewildering to me, giving up a six-round pick to move up three spots. Not a huge issue, but as we've discussed, generally more picks is better, more swings is better. Teams aren't generally better at identifying you know, trading up and picking non-quarterbacks generally doesn't have a good history. This could work out. And I I hope it does. At this point in the draft, we were talking about Drake Jackson. We were talking about Perry and Winfrey, who fell much further than this. We were talking about, you know, pass rushers like Nick Benito and Travis Jones, defensive tackle. But we knew they wanted a corner coming into this draft. And after Dax Mm -hmm. Hill in the first round, they had to get one. So the trade up, I understand it. Taylor Britt, probably not the very top of my board when they picked him, but probably the top corner at yep. that point. So for me, I land on a BB plus, probably a B plus here, 86, 87, 88% for the pick. Cause I think he's a corner too and can fit in and should push to start in his rookie year and into the future. Yep. And if he does that, that's all you can really ask, you know, to someone that can push Eli Apple, but doesn't necessarily have to start. All right. We have a lot of picks to, to go over four more guys to grade, we will do that next. But first, Built Bar. And the crazy thing about this draft class for the Bengals is, well, they're all athletic freaks, and they might all be on the Built Bar plan because they can all run. They can all uh, bench press like crazy, most of them at least. Uh, I know my man Jeffrey Gunther, 30 bench press reps, insane of 225. I bet that dude eats Built Bars every day. I do, and you should too, because they're high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, covered in 100% chocolate, and they taste Great. So check them out right now. They have nine different flavors plus limited edition flavors all the time at built.com. And you're going to save money right now with promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off your order at built.com. So don't delay. Don't hesitate. Just go there. Built.com. Use promo code lock 15 for 15% off. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, James, as we wrap up this draft, only four more picks, which... Is weird. Six picks for a Bengals draft. It's still the craziest thing to me, I think. It uh, is. About this Bengals draft in general. Not used to it, but I I like it because we can dive into these guys a little bit more versus 10 guys. It does does save some time. That's for sure. Zach Carter. Zachary Carter from Florida. He's a versatile, uh, versatile defensive lineman lined up in multiple spots around Florida's defensive line Mm -hmm. had in 2021, 137 snaps in the B gap, 147 snaps over the opposing team's tackle, 320 snaps outside of the offensive tackle. So played a little bit more edge at Florida than I think he'll play for the Bengals, but over tackle and B gap alignments, I think is where we'll see a lot of him. And that's where he played a little bit more in 2020 has better PFF grading as a pass rusher 
and uh, then a run defender, which I think is interesting. But they're clearly looking for a guy here to fill Larry Ogunjobi's role. And at 6'4", 282, playing a lot of edge and, and moving inside, which I think is a plan for him. That's what the coaches discussed. Mm-hmm. You can see where this could kind of fit what they're looking for. The one gapper, the guy that they want to fly up field, get into the backfield and, and disrupt. However, the consensus on Zach Carter was was quite a bit lower, which I think is is going to drop the grade a little bit. But at this point in the draft, it does get pretty tough. Yeah, It's not one of the guys we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And Perry Winfrey, like we mentioned, continued to fall out of day two altogether. But I'm a little bit surprised they didn't go for uh, a guy that played more true three-tech here in Perry and Winfrey. Yep. So the pick to me, it, it's hard to give for, for me, unless you have very strong opinions about a prospect, like Bengal Sands has about DeMarvin Leal, for example, and you think that he's like a six-round prospect, and, and the Bengals pick him late in the third round, third, fourth round area. How harsh can you be on a pick like this, even if you agree with consensus and think it's a reach? If you think it's a two-round, three-round reach, you think you should have been picked late in the sixth round, then you give it a D. But yep. to me, at this point in the draft, I'm, I'm not there. This fills a need, and I can see the plan for him. And I can see how the profile could translate to be a productive rotational player here. We'll see how he adapts to the NFL a little bit on the older side. But... For me, I'd say solid C plus C. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I, I'm C minus. I think it's below average, um, but it's not awful for a few reasons. One, uh, tested well, not amazing, but tested well uh, in the productions there at Florida in the SEC. And mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, I think the reason they went with him over Winfrey, we were talking about medicals. Winfrey fell to 108 to the Browns, dropped hilarious, awesome, funny quotes. Uh, with the media, if you you saw them. That being said, I don't think they just wanted this true three technique only. They wanted this versatility, this guy that Mm -hmm. they thought could play multiple roles on the inside. And I don't think they viewed many guys in this draft as that. And they're like, he's not going to be there next round. And and that's kind of how they viewed it. I, I really, I think in day two, day three, really after the first two picks, they're like, all right, let's get our guys and get the hell out of here because we don't really like a lot, a, a lot of dudes in this draft. And you know, I, I maybe, you know, cutting it short there. But to me, productive, big school, Florida, SEC, tested pretty well. And y- you look at him, give her, gives that flexibility. So I think it's slightly below average because Winfrey would have given him that need, and I think is is a better prospect for that exact need. But they wanted a guy that uh, had that positional flex and there just weren't many in this draft. And so they did reach a bit. So it's slightly below average for me. C minus. All right, let's get to the one and only offensive player, man. This was not a James Rapine draft. This was a, uh, certainly a sweet Luana room. And what draft. was your overall grade? A B. A B for a draft with one offensive player. I know. Wow. I know. What? Dude, Dax Hill, bro. It, yeah, that stock that helps. That dog, uh, yeah. No, if they had picked Kyler Gordon and then like in, in, maybe another defensive background, to, it would have been that grade would not have been a B. So Dax Hill, the Dax effect is is very very real on James Erpine's report card. Uh, let's dive into Cordell Volson, the offensive lineman from North Dakota State. Look, I I like him as a 
as a prospect, it seems like he's going to work really hard, that he has the right attitude, all of those things, it, right mentality, uh, has good size. You know, six. It's not like he's you know six two trying to work. He's six six three fifteen, three twenty, depending on the day, uh, and how many built bars he had. So I like that aspect. Feels like a bit of a reach. It does, no doubt about it. But they're drafting at the end of the round. Clearly, it, it felt like Frank Pollock's guy, and so. If you believe in Frank Pollock and in the past you haven't necessarily went and got his guy, go get him his guy. And and I think that's what this was with Cordell Volson. So I'm going to give it a solid C, average. Feels like a bit of a reach, but they wanted an offensive lineman. I did too. There's no doubt about it. That was my biggest goal on day three of the draft going into day three after their first three picks. At the same time, you're getting this guy, you know, who played, you know, at a a different level of football. And is he truly going to be able to compete for that left, starting left guard spot? That's what I wanted on day three. Didn't necessarily get that. Maybe you did, but I can't say that today. So I'm going to give it a, an, a C. Solid average because it's Frank Pollock's guy. And there's a little bit of a curve there for him. Shout out to Frank. Um, maybe this is the next glass eater. Maybe this guy does work out. Um, I'm not going to poo-poo the pick but I'm also not going to praise the pick a ton until we learn more. So I'm going to give it a C. Yeah, I think I'm with you on the C. I might even be closer to a C- minus because of the perceived reach. But if you ask Eric Galco, yesterday I said Eric Edelm. I apologize, wrong Eric. Eric Galco, who <laughs> runs the Shrine Bowl, he was great at the Shrine Bowl. And from what Galco heard around that All-Star game, he heard late day two, early day three. And mm -hmm. so late fourth round, according to Galco, would be great Great value. The rest of the you know, public evaluators didn't see it that way. He didn't have a ton of fans in the public, but there were some. And so it's hard to say. It's hard to trust the Bengals on the offensive line. You hope that this guy is going to develop and be able to be that Clint Bowling kind of player. 24 years old in July, so a little bit older, as we discussed with the draft class in general, a little bit older. And is definitely going to have a transition played right tackle in college is going to be moving to guard. I think for the Bengals, but that versatility and experience could be helpful having mm -hmm. played tackle in college. And yes, I know, I know North Dakota state isn't the sec, but he was a national champion and North okay. Dakota state has produced some high level players that have been, you know, we, we talked about it yesterday that have, that have been drafted high in the NFL and gone on to, in some cases, be pretty good players. So hopefully Cordell Volson is one of them. Hopefully he is. We look back in a few years, Clint Bowling of this class. And the guys that I had, the guys I would have preferred, went much, much later. So yeah, there, there's stuff going on with Jamari Sawyer and Marquise yeah. Hayes and uh, Kingsley Anagbari had a shoulder thing. So there's stuff going on with these guys that pushed them down further. But if the third-round pick is Perry and Winfrey – and this pick is Jamari Sawyer, the, the grade is probably higher because we're more familiar with them. And so that's yeah. part of draft grading too. Next guy on the list, Tyson Anderson from mm -hmm. Toledo, which I learned, I was corrected, most of Toledo apparently roots for the Steelers. Maybe it's split between the Steelers and the Browns. I thought that yeah. that would be a, a Brown city. I stand corrected. Tyson Anderson grew up a Steelers fan, but more speed in the defense, more speed in the secondary. And so you you like that. A bit redundant. Should be a good special teamer. Mm -hmm. 
but this does seem like a good spot for him. So from a value perspective, this is right on, maybe even a bit of a value here. The Bengals trade up for him, so clearly they feel like they he was their last guy in this range. And so, mm-hmm. or, or maybe from a higher range, they, they clearly thought highly of him. So you like their confidence in it, and trading up twice tells you what they think about it. So from a value perspective, I'd say it's probably a solid B+. From a, a filling a need perspective... Is this guy expected to be your future starting tandem with Dax Hill? Mm-hmm. Or, or if you do retain one of these safeties, if you do retain Jesse Bates to play alongside Dax Hill, is Tyson Anderson now your third safety extraordinaire? And are you majoring in these three safety looks and doing a little bit more of that? And Tyson Anderson is your piece to play more in the box and let Dax Hill play a little bit more man and play a little bit more uh, split split safety high with Jesse Bates. So, Interesting pick. I think overall B, B plus. I, I like this pick. I like the guy. I like the athletic profile. Uh, but, and, and again, in the fifth round, hard to be too critical of, of what they're doing. But the position, doubling down, tripling down in the secondary, I, I get liking versatility there and redundancy and not having too many defensive backs. But it, it is a little bit curious and it brings it down a little bit for me. Yeah, I, I, this First things first, I think this confirms that Bates and Bell won't be back in 2022. One of those guys, it probably won't. Now, something unforeseen could happen. Maybe, you know, maybe Anderson doesn't work at whatever. Um, but that's the first thing is clearly they wanted to address this with a guy that, yeah, could have went on day two, late day two, early day three, and instead falls to them. They trade up eight spots, give up that first seventh rounder. And I, what's not to like, you know, productive captain, really great on special teams could do that right away. Um, at the same time, you know, tested well four three six forty 40 yard dash, um, was really good, you know, change of direction, all that stuff tested well. Um, so I like the pick, I understand it, but it does feel redundant. So that's the, the downside. That's not his fault, but, but it does. And so, I think he's going to contribute. And if you get a, a quality special teamer as a rookie in the fifth round, that's better than you're usually finding. A lot of these guys aren't going to contribute much at all uh, late day three, in the middle of day three, um, like that, you know, in, in the really towards the end of the fifth round. So I like the pick. I, I think he can help. Um, and it does signify probably the end of, of Bell or Bates, not necessarily both, like you said. And that's the beauty of Dax Hill and why I gave him an A. I think he's versatile. Uh, I think this guy in Anderson is certainly going to be able to contribute as well uh, in a multitude of ways uh, this season, specifically on special teams and gives you special teams. Darren Simmons pick, right? He he said he had 900 special team snaps in college and and his PFF uh, charting 860, I think 862 special team snaps, Darren Simmons pick and a chance to grow into a starting role if they need him to in the future, because he has the athleticism to do it. Yeah. And so I'm going to give it a B plus because I think it's good value. You love the athlete. You love everything that comes with it. He is going to be able to contribute as a rookie, probably special teams, but gives you depth as well. If Von Bell gets nicked up, one of those other defensive backs gets nicked up. All right. Final pick Jeffrey Gunter. It goes by Jeff. So we'll call it Jeff Gunter out of coastal Carolina. And uh, the chandeliers. Chandeliers. Uh, and look, I, I actually, I thought they were going to take uh, Samori Toure here, and I they got a a better player. 
this guy tested really well, uh, was productive at Coastal Carolina, and I think he's going to compete with Wyatt Hubert and, and some of these other young defensive ends. Um, you know that they they have at the back end of their roster for a roster spot and te- t- tested in the 97th percentile. You're getting him picked 252. Like it. I like the flyer. Maybe he ends up on your practice squad. Maybe he does make the roster. Maybe not. Maybe he just goes, doesn't perform well and goes, you know, away into the night. But the the profile is there. Marion Hobby liked him and signed off on it as well. Met with him multiple times. So you get him here. Feels like good value. Uh, that's all I can ask for in round seven. And so in round seven, I want a guy that has a shot uh, to have some upside to to potentially make the roster compete for a spot. Um, in at least compete for a practice squad spot. And I think they got that with Gunter, high-end athlete. I'm going to give it an A. And again, it's an A because you're getting a guy who could potentially compete for a spot realistically, I think, in the seventh round, which is much easier said than done. And they were able to pull it off. So I like the pick a lot. Yeah, I, I like the profile. Taking a risk on a good bursty athlete is something that I'm pretty into. 6'2", 258, so a little bit undersized. Played standing up quite a bit at coastal Carolina, especially in 2020 was a little bit more of a true pass rusher in 2021 from, from what I recall had uh, a lot more coverage snaps. I think in 2020, I put on one game this morning of, of Jeffrey Gunter and the first 10 plays or so he's dropping into coverage and playing like an, a, a linebacker a little bit. I think for the Bengals, he will be a pass rusher Yep. Again, quality of competition puts the the productivity question out there, like how would he produce against a higher tier of competition? But if you can rein in the athleticism a little bit, you throw him into the mix, you put him in a good room with Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, uh, Joseph Osai, Cam, Cam Sample, and Wyatt Hubert, you have some fun competition for that edge rusher spot, and they needed athleticism there. So, sure, an A... Why Why not? We're in the seventh round. This is probably like the lowest weighted grade toward the overall grade, but I think this is good value and I like the athletic profile. I like the production. The real question for him is why wasn't he more dominant at Coastal Carolina given the quality of competition and given that he turns 23 in June, played his senior year at 22. And the best players are not coming out of Coastal Carolina at 22. The best players are dominating the NFL at 22. But that doesn't mean that Jeffrey Gunter can't be a good player. And and that kind of explains why he's there in the seventh round. But I think it's it's a good pick there because of the athletic profile, because the production was there in college, and because they, they do get an athletic edge rusher to add to the mix. Yep. Like it. What's not to like at that, you know, at that yeah. point of the draft, you take a flyer. Who knows? Maybe he'll compete uh for a spot. So overall. You gave them a B minus C plus. I gave them a B. Uh, just to go over the grades, Dax Hill, I gave it an A. You gave it a B. Cam Taylor Britt, I gave it a B. You gave it a B plus. Zachary Carter, C minus for me, C for you. Cordell Volson, C for me, C minus for you. Uh, Tyson Anderson, B plus for me. You gave it a B, B plus. And Jeff Gunter, we both gave it an A. And so two C's, uh, two A's for me, two B's. You ha- You gave out three B's. 1A, 2Cs. Uh, so our it's funny. Our individual grades, if you added them up, would probably equal the overall grades. So it means we're consistent, Jake. 
which is what you get here on Locked on Bengals. It's not like I, I did each player and then gave them an overall grade. I was like, how do I feel about this draft? A B. Yeah. And then I go through. And so the fact that they line up, we're balanced. Well, and, and you uh, think about the, the way that the overall grade kind of comes to fruition is it's based on, you know, trades. They gave up a couple picks. That weighs into it a little bit. And the top of the draft weighs heavier than the end of the draft. So I like the first two picks well enough. And then in the middle, their last high, quote unquote, picks at 95 and 136, we both felt like they reached a little bit. And then we liked the last two picks. So that's how it shakes out. I think that makes sense. And, and look, all these guys have a chance. And you can kind of see the plan for all of them. I think we talked about that. We can see where the Bengals are coming from for all these guys. But that's how instant draft grades work. All we can do is work on the information we have available to us now. And yep. so that is where we shake out. We'll be back later this week. We got Mike Potts, the Bengals' lead college scout, coming to join us yeah, later maybe. this week. We met have some other guests to get their take on some of the players the Bengals drafted and how they fit in. We'll see if the Bengals make any other free agency moves. Maybe there are some veterans that will that'll still come to town. Maybe some extensions. Jonah Williams on that fifth-year option. I don't even know if we've talked about that, James. We mentioned it, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, Plenty of content coming up this week on Lockdown Bengals. Hope you tune in as we keep going. Until next time, Bengals fans, hootay, and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.